0: When you're smiling, hey you! Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show here on the internet. This is yours as always for Movie Lovers night, John DeGorio. And I just want to say, this is episode 60 of Movie Lovers Night. Can you actually believe that? It's actually an honor and a privilege to be able to talk about movies in front of a virtual water cooler, talk, and talking to everyone about movies or TV shows. So, what today's topics are, I'm glad you asked. For today's topic, I'm going to be talking about James Dean. That's right, this is the same James Dean that died in 1963. There's this company called Worldwide XR that actually wants to resurrect his face onto somebody else's body to portray him. And he's going to be in a war drama called Finding Jack. I'm going to go into a little bit of speculation on why I think this is actually a bad idea. Then I'm going to be talking about what movie deserves a remake. Worst movie-going experience that I've ever had. And also, too, movies that I love but hated the ending but wanting to turn it off before... The hated part actually came on. And then I'm talking about Charlie's Angels. It didn't do so well at the box office. I'm going to go into five reasons why it failed at the box office. And then, of course, two, I'm going to go into some other stuff that I've been wanting to talk about. So stay tuned for that. And let's go ahead and get into this whole entire thing. So last week it was announced from The Hollywood Reporter that this company called Worldwide XR, who was actually responsible for the digital holograms from like Tupac, stuff like that, whenever people are wanting to see a hologram of Tupac and you can watch him in concert, it's just a hologram of what Tupac is. And you know what? Whenever that was first started, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with the fact that you want to go on ahead and resurrect Tupac to where people can actually appreciate his music, appreciate who he was. And especially for those of us who was actually young at the time who couldn't see Tupac, I'm actually glad that we actually got to see that. But i've never been a fan of like the benjamin button type of special effects in other words is when like for instance with paul walker when he whenever he died now i can actually appreciate the fact that they wanted to put paul walker's face onto his kid's face i was totally fine with that it was a little homage saying goodbye to paul walker's character i appreciated that part because now they actually put that character rest or did they because it seems like, to me, that there's a little bit of speculation, little things that are happening with the Fast and the Furious franchise that I don't agree on. And I've heard some rumors saying that they want to bring back Paul Walker's character, which to me was a waste of time if you did that. Because back in 2017, whenever you put this character to rest and everything, you're pretty much wasting all that time of us crying over him when we saw that whole entire deal where you have these pictures of him and stuff like that in memoriam. I feel like that would be a waste of time to put Paul Walker into that kind of uh, movie again. But, for them to do this to James Dean, and we're not talking about just a small thing where it's a tip of the hat to a certain actor or whatever. We're talking about resurrecting this character by putting a face on another actor's face and making him act in a two and a half hour movie, a war drama for that matter. It's called Finding Jack. And I feel like this is a very distasteful thing that they're doing because I feel like unless they actually got the permission from their family to be able to do this, I and I understand why you would want to do that because it's honoring your father or whatever. And if you're doing it just for royalties and stuff like that, you're just a selfish person. And I really don't like so- somebody that would actually do that where it's not paying homage to your father. It's not paying respects to your father or mother or anything like that is just there to collect a check and I don't like that I don't like the fact if that's what they're going with and another thing too is I really don't like the fact that you're gonna make another actor play like he's James Dean whenever he's really not James Dean it's just another actor with James Dean's face onto his body and this is not very this just to me is very distasteful I really don't want to see a dead actor's face on somebody else's body It just makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel kind of creepy to even think that they would even do something like this. And then I also found out, too, they also want to do this with Malcolm X and a couple of other people, too, in history. I really don't like this idea of actually putting this Benjamin Button type of effect on somebody else. But that's just me and the way I'm looking at it. It just makes me feel kind of ugly. It makes me feel like, I don't know, there's just something distasteful just about something like that. And I really don't agree with what this worldwide XR company is doing with that. It's one thing to go ahead and have a full-blown concert with uh, an ex-rapper or whatever because you haven't had that concert going experience to go and see Tupac or... Let's say Chris Cornell, for instance, if they have ever decide to do that. You want to be able to see Chris Cornell for the first time and you weren't able to do that at a younger age. And all you could see is like a YouTube video. I can understand that. But for a two and a half hour movie where you're actually, where this actor's going to be pretending to be James Dean. I don't like that idea. I don't really understand why they would do that. I, I would understand if they wanted to go ahead and make like... A remake of a James Dean movie and cast somebody else. I mean, come on. You even had, even though I don't like this actor, uh, James Patterson, I think was his name, or the guy who played in uh, Twilight. And he played James Dean. And he did an all right job as playing James Dean. I just didn't care for the movie itself. But you could actually got him to play that role. And without having to put somebody else's face onto his onto somebody else's body, but that's just the way I'm thinking it. I do just don't like it. I hope, I want to know what you guys think about that subject because to me, it's kind of like, it makes you feel kind of gross at actually wanting to see a dead person attached to somebody else's face for two and a half hours. But hey, if you want to go see that, if you want to see a fake James Dean actor uh, with, some, with James Dean's face on it, go ahead, knock yourselves out, I'm not stopping you. It's just, for me, I just don't feel like that that would be something that I would want to go see. So let's go on ahead and talk about what movie deserves a remake. Now, i've I'm, i've been making I've been making it known since July on how big of a fan I am of Stephen King's work. I have just about every single Stephen King novel there is, all except The Dark Tower. That wasn't even a good movie at all. I love the book of The Dark Tower, and only read up to th- uh, three books of The Dark Tower. But I understand the concept behind The Dark Tower. I just didn't like the Edris Alba movie itself and I like Idris Alba as an actor I just felt like the that they went in with that movie was totally wrong but anyways I'm not here to do a review on the Dark Tower movie I'm just telling you from a Stephen King fan what movie I would actually like to see remake I would actually like to see a Stephen King Needful Things remake don't forget things are kind of outdated with that movie if you actually go back and watch it you can actually do a lot more stuff with technology you could actually do Um, a lot more stuff whenever it came down to doing certain things within the book itself. Because, for instance, whenever the sheriff goes in and investigates Neil and Goff, and, you know, there's actually a TV that's actually hooked up. And then he inserts a VHS tape into that, into that thing. And it's a video of his, of his girlfriend on the VHS tape. To me, I think it would be cool if you went on ahead and updated it to maybe... A blue, a DVD, blank DVD, and actually have them insert that. I think that a more updated version of a Stephen King's needful things would actually be a lot more better than anything that I've seen. Not only that, but you can also put it in, instead of Mickey mandel's ricky card, you can actually put in a Gronkowski card. You can put any kind of card you want in it that this that a certain kid might want, especially when you're thinking of Castle Rock being up in New England. So you can put like a Tom Brady rookie card. You can put anything that you want into an Evil Things type movie. And not only that, you can also modernize it with some of this technology technology too that people actually want and wants to get their hands on. And they'll do anything they can possible to get their hands on something that's actually electronic or anything within that digital media. And I think that Neil and Goth would be a good... ...idea to actually bring something out like that to where the town is actually backstabbing each other... ...doing hateful things to where, you know, where they're doing hateful things to each other... ...to where they don't even know who's doing what. But that's just how I'm thinking about that for a remake. But there's plenty of other movies that I can think of. Well, I can't think of right now off the bat. But just for me, as a Stephen King fan, I would like to actually see the see a remake of Needful Things... And, you know, I think that there's other movies, too, like I mentioned before. We're actually going to get a Mortal Kombat remake. I'm fine with that because I look at the special effects from the 90s and everything. And I feel like that those special effects are actually outdated now. And I think they can actually do a lot more with that. Um, as far as anything else goes, I can't really think offhand on what else I would like to actually see that's actually a remake. But tell me what you guys think whenever I put in the description below uh, with sending a voicemail to me letting me know what you guys would actually like to see as a remake. Then, the worst movie-going experience. Oh, my God. I cannot even begin to fathom how many worst movie-going experiences that I actually uh, faced. So, I'm going to go with three of the ones that I've actually faced. And, you know, I feel like, you know, these are the ones that stick out to me the most. And I know I complained about this on a couple of episodes back on... My pet peeves of going to the movie theaters. So, I'm going to go on ahead and touch base on this a little bit more than what I, what I did before with my pet peeves. Okay, me and my ex at the time, the person I was with, and we were going to go see Tomb Raider. And lo and behold, there was a Chinese-Asian woman that was there. And she was actually painting her nails. Yeah, painting her nails. And I don't understand why you would actually paint your nails or put nail polish remover on your fingernails while you're trying to watch a movie. Especially a movie that hasn't started yet, which you had like 10 minutes of it getting ready to start. But still, you are I'm actually inhaling fumes from from that other person from that stupid nail polish remover or that fingernail polish. And not only that, but I have really bad allergies anyways. And to see her do that and me having to spend my hard-earned money to go and see a movie that I've been wanting to see for a while seeing a reboot of Tomb Raider and also wanting to be able to do a review for everybody else is she's also ruining my experience of seeing it for the very first time I really don't didn't like that I really wish that she would have just waited until after the movie go to the mall part of the food court or whatever she had to go to but you don't have to go and paint your fingernails while you're waiting for a freaking movie to start i just don't understand that and then there's also another thing that happened at the movies too where let's see here i was gonna go see the very first medea um boo medea halloween that movie was actually sold out so i compromised and i decided you know what i think i'm gonna go see the new kevin hart stand-up comedy during that time and I was having a good time with it up until I saw this one kid with a kid with his phone out recording the movie, trying to bootleg it. And so what did I do? I went on ahead. Yes, I snitched. I went on ahead, told the concession guy that instead of him kicking the kid out, he just told him to put his phone up. And then after he leaves, there he is again. Filming Kevin Hart's stand-up movie. And it just ruined the whole entire experience from there. I mean, come on, guys. You can't put your phone away for a -a two-and-a-half-hour movie or an hour-and-a-half movie to be able to just forget about your life for a little bit. Come on. If you don't want to go and see a movie, don't go and see a movie. You're wasting your time, your energy. You're ruining it for everybody else. You don't have to bring out your cell phone every five minutes or whatever to remind everybody, hey, look, I have an iPhone or I have an Android phone. Come on. If you have a phone call, go take it outside of the lobby. If you want to text somebody, go out in the lobby. If you don't, and here's the thing, you're ruining other people's experiences from actually getting to see, this, see a certain movie for the very first time. And you're also ruining the fact that, you know, we spend our hard-earned money to go and see a movie, paying about $10 to $15 for two people or more. And here you are with your phone out, blinding us with your giant light of a phone, because you can't keep your phone in the park in your pocket for two and a half hours. And then there's also one. There's also also another incident too, during the Black Panther movie. I was actually excited to go see Black Panther, and I was actually gonna. I was actually excited for everybody else that was actually gonna be embracing themselves to be able to see a black character for the very first time on this big screen. Yes, I get the fact that Blade. Was actually the first actual comic book movie, but in this generation, you act, they actually got to see firsthand a black comic book character come to life that they that everybody really fanboyed over. Everybody just loved T'Challa, and then here's this other kid, not this other kid, on his phone for two and a half hours of the whole entire movie, and it's like you don't appreciate anything that Marvel has done for you. He They made a two-and-a-half-hour movie about T'Challa, about his rise to being king and his fall and having to fight his way back to being king again. And you can't even appreciate the fact for two-and-a-half hours to put your stupid phone away or anything like that. And that's one of the things that really ticks me off is people with their cell phones and everything. And I remember back whenever AMC was actually going to have this feature where you can actually dim your light all the way down and it would be called like a movie, a movie setting. No. Nah, that's like entertaining the fact that you want these people to even go out and and put their light on and everything to where they can actually text or whatever. No. They pay this paid their hard-earned money just like we we, we I paid my hard-earned money to go see a movie, not to be blinded by somebody else's Android phone or iPhone. But that's just how I perceive it. That's how I actually feel because of the fact that I feel so passionate about movies and everything, and I want to actually experience things for the very first time without being blinded by Mr. iPhone or Android, and they can't keep their stupid phone in their pockets for more than five minutes. Then you have Mr. Cheeto uh, toes with his feet up on somebody's feet and everything, too, and I can't stand that, and my seat seat is actually being kicked by Mr. Cheetos, and I have to go over there and tell him to stop putting his Cheeto feet on my seat. But hey, those were the, some of the stuff that I was actually faced with whenever I was first doing it. But you know, it is what it is. I just those were some of my worst movie going experiences. Let me know what some of your uh, movie going experiences are. Some of the worst, some of the best. Let me know what you guys uh, what your experiences are actually are. Then movies that I love but hated the ending, but wanting to turn it off before. The hated part comes on. I'm going to be honest with you. There's only one movie as of right now that I can think of. And I have to do a lot more thinking on this question and actually analyze it a little bit more. But I might actually come back to this later on because it's actually a good question. But for me, it would be The Butterfly Effect with Ashley Kutcher. It's a great movie, about a guy who wants to do what's best. And everything to try and get his friend back that committed suicide and stuff like that and they actually faced a lot of stuff together a lot of trial childhood trauma and stuff like that and he wants to try and get his friend back and the only way to actually get his friend back is if he does this butterfly effect to where he remembers back to the time when they were kids and every single th- thing that he changes there's actually an effect to it and there's also a consequence behind those actions and that's what i liked about it is the fact that there's consequences behind every action it doesn't matter how much you change something, there's always going to be a reaction to that consequence. And that's what I loved about it. But let's just call it what it is. If you even look at the extended cut of of the film with the extended ending, that ending was depressing. And then him killing himself, that was actually the extended part. But the original version was just him and the girl just walking down the street and they acknowledge each other like they have seen each other, but they really haven't seen each other because they actually changed some things in the past to make it that way. But in the director's cut, he ends up strangling himself with the umbilical cord. And that is just freaking de- That is freaking depressing. And that is just one of those things that, to me, that actually stood out for right now on how on certain movies where, you know, I hated the ending but wanting to turn it off before the hated part comes on. And then that's the only thing I could think of for right now. But let's go on ahead and talk about the Charlie Charlie's Angels box office fail. Now, this movie placed third place at the weekend box office, which is not bad, but it's not good either, especially whenever it only made $8.6 million with a $30 million budget. That's not good at all. It ma- didn't even make its money back. It didn't even make a half of what its money was supposed to be. It didn't come out even. It didn't break anything. It was not a successful movie. You even have the director trying to put down comic book movies as the reason why this movie failed. No, this movie failed because of the fact that reboots are, sl- uh, are slumping. Terminator Dark Fate is actually one of those movies that is the reason why I said that. Now... There are certain aspects that I like from Terminator Dark Fate, but even I can actually tell that, you know, as much as I wanted Terminator Dark Fate to actually succeed and actually be the best Terminator sequel from Terminator 2, this was not it. I just felt like it was just cut and dry. It felt more like an action movie than it did an actual sci-fi kind of horror feel to it like they did with the first two films. And it just didn't do do it any justice at all. I really didn't care for Terminator Dark Fate, but reboots are are slumping in a big way. And I'm not even going to put Doctor Sleep on that list because it's not Doctor Sleep's fault for what happened. As a matter of fact, I actually touched this touched on this yesterday, but I'm just going to touch on it a little bit more in case you guys haven't listened to this from yesterday. And if you have, just tune me out for a few minutes. But basically, what I said was this. It came out at a worse time. It came out on Veterans Day. And I know that even the original film was not even perceived very well. I know that it didn't make that much. But we're actually having a sequel to The Shining which should have actually knocked it out of the park. Especially when you think of It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 on how much money those movies actually made. Even though It Chapter 2 was a little bit more of a letdown. Still, it made a lot of money. It made its money back. made more than enough money back and everything for the studios. But... It came out. This movie came out at the worst time because of the fact it was on Veterans Day and it was also competing against Midway. And you cannot compete on Veterans Day against a war movie with Midway when you're having a war type film on Veterans Day. It just can't be done. And I think that it, if they went on ahead, and went with mid October, I think it would be actually pretty a better way of actually doing it. Because think of it, Warner Brothers released Joker at the very beginning of the month and therefore there was nothing competing against something like doctor sleep during that time. So I feel like if they went on ahead and waited until like the middle of October, which is actually a pretty good a pretty good month to actually start start a horror movie like that because it's also gearing towards Halloween. So I think if they waited a little bit, they could actually they would have succeeded with that. So that's why I'm not putting that type of reboot or sequel into this category because it wasn't Dr. Sleep's fault because it was loved by critics it was critically loved by movie-going audiences it just failed because of Midway so that's that part and then too like I said reviews is the biggest biggest thing too not only that but word of mouth from film fans too is also another thing so what else Charlie's Angels was facing was the fact that you know, it was mixed reviews. And it was not loved by film audiences. It was not loved by critics. It was actually mixed reviews all the way across the board. And not only that, but who really wanted a Charlie's Angels type movie anyways? It wasn't like anybody was asking for this movie. Then again, no one ever asked for a movie to begin with. We just go out and see the movie and hoping that this would be the best movie that the director or actors actually made. And hopefully it'll be a success. But I never hope for a movie to feel. And I even question this. Why are you making this movie in 2019, especially at 2011 when you had those short Charlie Angels episodes too? And that wasn't even a success either. And you're still trying to make movies. You're still trying to make this thing work whenever it's not clearly working. The first two films were actually pretty successful because you actually had actresses like Carmen Diaz. You had Drew Barrymore that was in it. I forgot some of the other actresses that was in it, but those were the two that stuck out to me. And during that time, Drew Barrymore and Carmen Diaz was actually the, one of the best hit actresses that you could actually get to play in a movie. So therefore, it actually made bank because of those movies, because of those actor, actresses being in that movie. Plus, Belle Murray was in the movie too. And then, Girl Power Alone isn't enough to actually... This is the fourth reason. Um... <laughs> Girl power alone isn't enough to actually make this movie successful. we actually seen where movies like Mad Max Fury Road, we've seen other actresses, even uh, Wonder Woman and stuff like that, where you have a real strong lead woman where people can actually relate to in some type of way. And with this, what, this movie is unrelatable or anything like that to where the point is it was not even liked by anybody else and girl power alone is not enough to actually save this type of movie and then also too, no star power like i mentioned before you have kristen stewart that actually played in twilight who has no expression at all and then these other chicks that and then you also have the girl who played kimberly in the reboot of uh, power rangers and it just doesn't work Even in the trailers, I felt very cringeworthy. It was something that I wouldn't even want to watch. Not even on my worst day, I wouldn't even watch this. Even if I was sick, I would not even watch this movie. And uh, I just, this movie is not for me. But hey, if you guys enjoy Charlie's Angels, I'm not trying to stop you from watching it. Or if you haven't seen it and you want to check it out, I'm not stopping you. It's just for me, from my outside view, I just don't want to see this movie. And it doesn't interest me. Same reason why I will never watch Olympus Has Fallen or anything like that out of those franchises because those movies just doesn't do anything for me. I tried watching them. I just can't do it. I tried. I really have. But the only way that you're going to get me to watch an Olympus Has Fallen movie is if you strap me up to a chair and make me watch it. That's the only way that you guys are going to actually have a successful time of me watching that movie. And then another thing is too, who's, who's Angel's? Who's Charlie's Angels? There is no Charlie's Angels. Because, like I said, everything is just misdirection. Everything else is just horrible. Everything else is just miscast. It's just all over the place. It just doesn't fit in. And then you have the director talking crap about comic book movies and stuff like that. Come on. Comic book movies has nothing to do with your crappy movie. I mean, I've seen good movies that are outside of comic book movies that actually made movie made money. Let's say for It Chapter 1, for instance, was there's not a comic book-based movie. It made movies because of the fact that the positive word of mouth, your PR team was really good. This PR team sucked. And your movie bombed. That's the end of the story. Your movie was not a success. Go on ahead, make another movie that might actually be a success with women and everything. And try and do it. go from there. But anyways, that's all I have to say about this. And I hope that you guys actually enjoyed the show. And I'll actually, And until next time, bye-bye. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.